Welcome to the Middle Church Podcast, a multicultural, multi-ethnic, intergenerational movement of spirit and justice, powered by revolutionary love with room for everyone. No matter where you are, how you look, or who you love, we pray this podcast will help you on your journey. Here's this week's worship celebration. Hello, faithful, come through the rain, people. Come through. If you came through the rain today, special snaps. Because that was more than a notion. How many of us walked? How many of us swam? If you're still making your way here, be safe. And I'm so glad to see all of you. Uh, welcome to Middle Church this morning. I feel like I'm a little hot. Am I a little hot? It's so hot. Okay. Thank you. I'm not going to take off my clothes, Julie. No, I'm not. Friends, if this is your first time here, I'm Jackie Lewis. My pronouns are she, her, hers. I think I'm funny. You might not. Uh, but I will give you a couple of jokes along the way. And we're really glad that you're here uh, with us today. Um, come on in if you're waiting. Find a good seat. Let me tell you a couple of things that are happening in the life of Middle Church. Um, First of all, on Saturday, September 16th, that's next Saturday, um, all the young adults are invited to the Grand Army Plaza Green Market. The Grand Army Plaza Green Market with Elise and the cohort of young adults. We really are trying to energize that program. So if you're younger than, you know, 60, I'm kidding. If you're eight, eight, 18 to 35-ish, to um, they'd love for you to hang out with them, okay? So let Elise know. Uh, eTorali at middlechurch.org and make some new friends. Um, on Sunday, September 17th, next Sunday, we're having a congregational meeting. Now, friends, we have so many updates for you. We got some things to tell you, okay? So I want you to make sure you come, put it on your calendar. Updates about the building, the rebuilding, updates about our plans for 7th Street and 2nd Avenue, updates about the fundraising you've helped us with, and all kinds of things that we want to make sure you know. So right after worship, stay online. It'll be the same link. Please do come and check us out and learn all the things. Um, um, On the 17th, there is uh, an arts show fundraiser. And Juan is going to come and tell you, come about that a little bit. Okay. Uh, good morning. Yes, fashion week nature, fashion week. Right? <laughs> Anyhow, I represent right here, um, brothers and sisters, uh, and Matt Sullivan, who was married in this church to Ken Crocken, an ecosystem painter, uh, super graceful. We put together ourselves their music, and I, I've been running for 24 years a place, a nonprofit alternative art space in the East Village, Avenue B, 9 Avenue B, called White Box. We do social justice art, yeah, social justice, gender, race, and now um, urban ecology for youth. So we decided with Matt, Devin, Natalie, and company to do uh, our space. At 9 Avenue B next Sunday at 2.30 to 6.30. 
a benefit auction. It is online already. Uh, you have to be a little hieroglyphic bound, Egyptian mind, to find it in Middle Church, but it's there. I found it. But if you have a doubt, remember the color white, a box, and NY for New York. You go there, whiteboxny.org, and you have a big banner. You click there, and you go to all the artworks from a few hundred dollars to a few thousand by fabulous artists. The original Black Lives Matter poster by Kyle Goyen is there for only $175 starting bid, sign and number. Right? We put the first Black Lives Matter actual poster you see all over the world at White Box some years back. Yep? Yeah. And that's with my life in the streets. And um, so please go online and start bidding like crazy because that is, we're giving them most of the proceeds to uh, Middle Church near Rising. And as a young art student, punkster from Boston to here every weekend, on my way to CBGB's to see my 14-year-old play with Black, uh, not Sabbath, uh, Beastie Boys and all these people, right? Uh, I used to go there. And uh, I said, I'm going to take a break and go by Middle Church to chill. And I used to come to services in my little black leather. To chill. To chill, yeah, to listen to chill. I'm a, retired, I'm a retired Catholic, and my girlfriend um, queer and is a Protestant from uh, South America. So we had a kind of panorama and nothing else better than back to the East Village, Loisaida, and be with you guys, brothers and sisters. Thank you so much. Thank you, Juan. That's Matt Sullivan throwing a wonderful fundraiser art project for our congregation, and I hope that you'll go down there, hear some good music, and maybe buy some art. Final announcement for this morning is that our homecoming Sunday is October 1st. So in a couple of weeks, we are inviting you to come back home to Middle Church. Two worship celebrations, one at 9.30. That one will not be live streamed, but you know, those who like their balcony seat and stretch out a little bit, you should come at 9.30. And at 11.45, we'll worship and live stream it in all the places. Seriously, friends, coming home, back home, we take very seriously. We want you to find your way back to us. So come back and bring a friend. Bring someone who hasn't been around so they can feel what it's like to be in this space. Uh, help us with that, if you will. All right, let's take a deep breath. Um, understanding that we're damp and humid and um, be gentle with your souls and let us worship God. If you'll join us in our opening hymn, that would be great.
Good morning, Middle. Now I'd like to invite all the young people and the young people at heart over to the front with me. Awesome. All right. Those of you who know me know that I like to bring things, lots and lots of things. So let's see. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There we go. One more. All right. And those of you at home, scooch up a little bit closer to your screen so that you can see as well. Do I have everything? All right. I'm here to talk about batteries. What kind of battery is this one? Do I hear a, a D, right? And all of us here probably have a battery in our purse or in our pocket because batteries help us power many things, right? It powers this flashlight. And what else does it power? Go ahead, Carlo. Our phones. Mm -hmm. What else? What else? There's a battery in our car. And do you have any toys at home? Yeah? And so when batteries lose power, how do, how do we know it loses power? Right? This battery. Is this a new battery? We don't know, right? So, sometimes, when, if I want to test a battery, I'll put it in either a toy or a flashlight, and then I'll turn it on. Right? And when the battery... <laughs> sorry. When the battery goes, loses its power, the light goes dim. All right. So those were, those were batteries when I, was, when I was your age. Now, in our phones, we have things like this, right? So we have these indicator lights. And what is this, what is this for? Anyone know? Charging something. Charging something. Mm -hmm. And so when I press this button, let's see. How about what? What would you say? Is this a full, full charge? No. How do you know that? Because there's only two lights. Two lights. Four lights to be full. Exactly. So I want you to look at our congregation right now and try to imagine if, if all of us were walking around with lights, just like that one. All right? Take a look. How many of us are fully charged right now? Raise your hand. Can you guess? One, one two. Amazing. All right. What about three bars? All right, here we go. What about 
And this is, this is the one we want to be extra mindful of. How many of us are about one bar? Right? Hmm. So earlier this week, I was feeling a little bit like one bar, kind of like two bars. And what did I do? I, I reached out to someone from this church, from Middle. And I said, who? Well, there's actually an email address that you can email, right, Natalie? What was it again? The care email? Yeah. Yep. Go to the Middle Care portal. You can email us there. Right. So when I was feeling like two bars, right, I was kind of sad and I was tired and I was wondering about my job and my mom. I needed a little extra love. And I knew, I knew that middle was, would answer, always. And that's what's awesome about being part of this family. Yeah? So, I know last week was a big week here in New York City. I live across the school, and I know that was the first day of school. And I saw some kids were happy, 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 happy. Some kids were, uh, and that's okay, right? So next week, when you go back to school, no matter how you're feeling, two bars, one bar, four bars, no matter what, you'll always know that middle is here for you. Yeah, and middle will always charge your battery. And as a reminder, I'm gonna give you this. Oh. Oh. And that's middle right here. That's middle love. So I'm going to ask those who raised their hand for that one bar to raise their hands one more time. Okay, are you looking? And when we see a hamba back to our seats, keep those hands up. Will you help me hand these reminders out? All right, let's do it. See ya, Hamba. Here we come.
we come to the time in our worship service where we pray the prayer that Jesus taught. There is an inclusive version in your bulletin, or you can pray, pray in, in any version, any language. And I invite you to please stand for the Lord's Prayer. Ever-loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. The yours is the reigning and the power and the glory forever. Amen. to invite you to extend the peace of Christ to your neighbor in whatever way you feel safe and comfortable. The peace of Christ be with you.
lost an earring. For heaven's sake, you know where it is. Are we all dressed? Okay. you just take our breath away. Uh, I've been listening to Branch sing for 20 years in this place, which is kind of shocking. But I mean, it gets better. You're younger, but your voice is better. Thank you, sweetie. Thank you so much. Okay, cool. Um, 
Hey, friends. Today's scripture lesson is found in the book of Romans. It's Romans uh, chapter 13, verses 8 through 10. Uh, listen now for a word from God in scripture. Owe no one anything except to love one another. For the one who loves has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to neighbor. Love does no wrong to neighbor. Therefore, love is fulfilling the law. This is the simple but complex word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Will you pray with me? Eternal God, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We ask as we listen to hear a word from you for our journey called life, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts will be acceptable in your sight. God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So, Paul is making an argument in the book of Romans that the coming of Jesus, the coming of the Christ, uh, makes humanity into one, one um, species, one group. That the Gentiles and the Jews are no longer separate because of what God has done in Jesus the Christ, himself a Jew, come to heal the world. In this section of the book of Romans, Paul is talking about his theology chapters like 8 through 13. His theology, this is what I think, believe about God. And then he's talking about his ethics. This is how we should behave because of what we think about God. These texts are not the only words in the Hebrew scripture or the Christian texts about love. But this is really Paul doing midrash on Jesus. This is Paul doing a teaching, a riff on Jesus. You shall love your neighbor as yourself, Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is fulfilling the law. The text that he's riffing off, the text that he's teaching on, is Jesus when he's asked about the most important law, the most uh, important way to serve God by the rich young ruler or a Pharisee, depending on whose version you read. Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength, and the second is this, he says, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Now, when Jesus quotes these scriptures, he's doing midrash. He's doing teaching on the Hebrew text. It's Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6, verse 4, that says love God with everything. And it's Leviticus um, chapter 19, verse 18, that says um, love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus doing midrash on the Hebrew text. Paul doing midrash on Jesus' text, me doing midrash 
on Paul's midrash on Jesus. <laughs> this morning, midrashim, here we go, here we go. Um, I want to say that there are so many texts about love in, this, in the scripture, but they're not in the Ten Commandments. Right? There's no ten, not one of the Decalogue says anything about love. So when Paul says love fulfills the Torah, he's also saying love fulfills the Decalogue because even in the ancient days, the Ten Commandments was like a short, pithy, let's say theological grounding for your life, right? So there's no word called love anybody in the Ten Commandments, but when you don't commit adultery, when you don't steal, when you don't covet, when you don't bear false witness, that is how you love your neighbor. Makes sense, right? So many other places in the Christian scriptures where the word love is used, though. Um, just as the Father loved me, just as God loved me, I love you, Jesus, in John. This is my commandment, that you love one another, Jesus, in John. Greater love has no one than this, than that they love their neighbor and lay down their life, Jesus, in John. John's community was really doing the love thing, right? Um, God is love, and anyone who lives in love lives in God, and God lives in them. First John, <laughs> lots of love happening in John. Love is patient, love is kind. First Corinthians, Paul. Love never fails, Paul. First Corinthians, all that you must do, you must do in love. First Corinthians, Paul was really taken by the Johannine teaching about love. Paul never met Jesus, but he's bringing Jesus' heritage, legacy into the book of Romans, into this letter to the church at Rome where there is Conflict, tension. What does it mean for us to be the people of God? What does it mean for us to have a Huber identity that's in God as opposed to in Rome or in Judaism or in Gnosticism, right? What does it mean for us to find our identity in God? And this is what Paul is saying. It actually is all about love. Now, we talk about love a lot here at Middle Church. And I find myself thinking, are we clear about how serious it is to be talking about love? You feel me? Like it's not just a slogan, love period, and everything else is commentary. It's not just on our website, just love, double entendre intended. Love is actually the hardest demand on our lives as human beings. It ain't easy to love. Not really love, but it's right. So I've been studying love for the last four or five years. Like, where does it come from? How do we get it? What do we do? Not the romantic love, although I wish I had studied that better. Might have done better in another relationship or two. But anyway, I'm not talking about romantic love. I'm, I'm not even talking about friendship love, fully love. Phileo love. I'm talking about this agape, fierce, demanding, um, self-sacrificing, pour out yourself for another like God loves us kind of love. Ain't nobody really, really, really loving that kind of love. The kind of love that, that kind of um, causes you to put yourself last. The kind of love that causes you to stay in relationship when there's conflict and tension. 
the kind of love that causes you to sit at the table with your Uncle Bob and your Aunt Jean who don't like you because you're queer. The kind of love that makes you turn a blind eye to your crazy town cousin who always acts out or to <laughs> your sibling. <laughs> who never quite changes. So that when you're back together, you're both 12 again, you know? <laughs> what I'm talking about. I've been really studying love. So I wouldn't break up with God. Yeah, <laughs> because some of the God stuff doesn't feel very loving, does it? I mean, the the rules that make us feel like we're supposed to leave somebody out, the, 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 the practices, the policies, the polity that makes us think women can't, queers can't, Jews can't, that kind of stuff that became such an integral part of church life for me made me want to leave it. So I studied love because God is love. Right? And those who live in love, God is love. God is not hate. God is love, not punishment. God is love, not injustice. God is love, not raping and pillaging the land. God is love, not torturing people who don't believe like you believe. God is love, not getting in the business of people's bedrooms. God is love, not dominion. God is love, not power over. In fact, Dr. King says love is justice correcting everything that stands against love. God is love. I studied love so I wouldn't break up with God. And I could keep her around, because I like her. And I've been hanging out with Bell Hooks, who says about love, a love ethic presupposes that everyone has the right to live fully and well. Bell, lowercase b, Hooks lowercase h. She also says, we must live for the day and work for the day when human society realigns itself with the radical love of God. In a truly democratic paradigm, there's no love of power for power's sake. That's bell hooks, historian, poet, not theologian, not necessarily religious, talking about something that is universal and ubiquitous that calls us all in to be something, somebody, a people who are different if we let ourselves. Bell Hook says, realistically being part of a loving community does not mean we will not face conflicts, betrayals, negative outcomes from positive actions, or bad things happening to good people. Did you hear that? Love is not a bubble. Love is not a prophylactic. Love is not a mouth guard to make sure you don't grind your teeth, is what she's saying. I'm glad you like it, Julie. <laughs> love allows us to confront these negative realities in a manner that is life-affirming and life-enhancing. I started studying love so I wouldn't break up with God, and I kept studying love so I wouldn't break up with my father. Everything I learned about love, I learned the chaotic, crazy, complicated, dramatic, beautiful, fierce, protective, 
always transforming, always healing, always mending relationship that I had with Richard Lewis Sr. Heroic and stank. <laughs> Funny and feisty. Mean, but would cry if his birthday card was late. And you better write something really special in it, not just love Jackie, or he'll get back to stank. <laughs> if you were playing hopscotch, or singing on stage, or getting your PhD, or having your first poop in the toilet, daddy was there cheering you on, driving you, helping you, shoveling snow off the car, making sure your tank had some gas in it, always present and always hard. I had to study love so I wouldn't break up with my dad. So I'm doing Midrash on Jesus and Paul and the New Testament and bell hooks and Richard Lewis. I'm doing Midrash on Richard Lewis a little bit today. When Bell Hook says that love causes us not to have no conflict, but to do conflict in ways that are healing and life-changing, let me talk about what I mean by conflict. When I was getting my PhD that I paid for with my own money at Drew University, and this man named John Jenka, who was my friend but not yet having benefits, came to my graduation party. My father did not like John on site. Now, who doesn't like John? Right? I mean, I could clone John and I'd be rich. He's so nice, he's so gentle, he's so kind. Daddy could not stand him, just looking at him could not stand him, and treated him like a fly on the bottom of his shoe for hours at this party that I threw for myself, for the PhD I paid for by myself, <laughs> in the house I bought for myself with my own money. Okay? And my daddy, Richard Lewis Sr., decided in my house at my party for my graduation, he would just be a stank butt to John. <laughs> it was so obvious, it was so embarrassing. I was like, oh my because we were not taught to behave this way with our enemies. And look at how daddy's treating John. Well, John Janka, who is kind and nice, also does not take much crap from people. So he came to me and said in a very lovely way, I'm about to be up out of here, kind of like that. Like, what? Why are you leaving? Why are you? Because your father, he got like one more of those, and it's going to be on. I'm like, whoa! This was, you know, I didn't know John that well then. So I was, I was, I was kind of energized by that, perhaps even aroused by that. So here was John. I'm going to be up out of here. And, and he just booked on, went, just left. And I was like, oh my god. Got in the elevator, followed him down the stairs. Are you really leaving? I'm really leaving. Why? Because you know why. OK, OK, bye. So this was really, like I'm making fun of it now, but I was so embarrassed and mortified. Aunties, uncles, people, all the people you know are there, and daddy's just being stank. I go back upstairs and go, dad? to my father, six foot one, scary. Daddy, you made my friend leave my party. Nope. You know you don't talk back in black families. 
I was sassy as hell. Um, you made him leave. What? He left because you were rude. Who do you think? I'm talking to you, Dad. And read the book if you want to know more. And because I do spill some tea on Daddy in the book about this, um, I say, I'm, I've always been afraid of you. And you've always been mean when you don't like what we do. But if you behave like this, ever again, I am leaving this relationship. And I will see you at your funeral. I said this shaking. I said this not sure I was going to live to talk about it with you. But I did have this conflict with my father. And what I want to tell you is he had it back with me, right? Like he hung in there with me. Right? I left having said these confrontational, tough, fierce words to the man I love but did not like the behavior and went out and had a couple martinis. Yes, I did. OK, three. But anyway, um, when I woke up the next morning, my father and I had the talk love has you have. Like, I didn't mean to hurt your friend's feeling. And me, I didn't mean to say, I'm going to break up with you. And him, I don't want to lose you. And me, then let's not lose each other. Let's make a new path together. Let's be different together. And I will tell you that that day was a birthday for my relationship with my dad. I got the dad I wanted because I asked for it. I got the friendship I needed because I asked for it. I got the parenting I yearned for because I asked for it. And he got a grown-up relationship with a grown-up daughter who never had stopped loving him, but wasn't any longer afraid. There was no big wall between us. There was fear. Instead, there was just intimacy and playfulness that lasted for the rest of his life. We think love means turn the other cheek without studying what that means. We think love means succumbing to hard relationship and staying in there without demanding respect for yourself. We think love means nanny, pammy, wimpy, um, fakeness that actually blocks real relating with each other. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I learned from my dad's toughness to be tough enough to ask for what I needed and to get it, because he also wanted to give it. The kind of love that Paul is talking about, the kind of love that Jesus is talking about, might turn over some tables in a temple because there's some unhappiness happening in the room. Might call people something like broods of vipers, which was ancient cussing from Jesus the Christ because the behavior wasn't right. Do you understand? We can't love ourselves and love each other with a patina, with a facade, with a false self. That ain't love, to quote Titus Burgess. Love is an action, 
a verb, not just a word, to be used and taken lightly, just said to be heard. Love requires contest. Love requires conflict. Love requires toe-to-toe working it out. Love requires boundaries, and sometimes love requires getting up out of there. Sometimes love means breaking up. Now, some of you all are looking at me like you don't quite want to go there with me. But we're going to talk a lot about love, real love, because you know we got to have some, right? Right, Jody Watley? Mm-hmm. Real love, if we're going to try to get some, we have to do honest conversations that will sometimes mean conflict if we want some real love. If we want some real love, we have to draw some boundaries around ourselves. This is where I am, and this is where you are. This is where I end, and this is where you begin. And if we're going to be in relationship, love needs to look like this. Our intimate ones, our friends, our children, our parents, our communities need us to love ourselves enough to make boundaries, to set expectations. Are you with me? And sometimes, Love will mean a tussle and a wrestle all the way to the ground to get to common understanding because it's worth it. It never means you're not a subject in the equation. Love never means you're not a subject in the equation. If you're not a subject in the conversation, if you're not as important in that dynamic as the other person, I'm going to say that ain't love either. It might be fun. It might be sex. It might be attraction. But the love that is going to heal the world is the kind that honors all of us, each of us, in the dynamic. I did Midrash on Richard Lewis, and I'm telling you, on his deathbed, my dad asked me in a whisper, how did you learn how to write? Well, you taught me how to make a B, remember? How did I learn how to write that book in which I pour tea out? Is that how it goes? What's the expression? Tell tea, spill tea. Spill tea? Bow that. (laughs) Tell his business in the book. And he's like, I know you did that to teach people about our love. Midrash on Richard Lewis, tough man who kept becoming, kept loving, kept shaping, kept blooming, kept parenting me and my siblings. Midrash on Paul, who was a tough son of a gun, who had been an exploiter, a killer of Christians, who was transformed in love. Midrash on Jesus, who was an outsider, who became Jesus in the margins by actually taking on systems and principalities and not just putting up the peace sign. You, my friends, we are called together to love. Not affection, that's nice. Not romance, love it. But we're called to love fiercely. That's how we will heal our souls. And that's how we will heal the world. And it ain't easy. But we're going to practice. We're going to learn. We're going to reorder ourselves. We're going to 
learn new patterns, not be passive in these relationships, in these community dynamics. We're going to demand love and give love and make a new world together. Amen. Good morning, good afternoon, everyone. We are the Vizioli Runyon family, and we are here. Hello, hello. Uh, and we are here to invite you to join the movement. And we thought we would start doing that by sharing uh, what each of us loves about middle. Carlo, what do you love about middle? Well, to be honest, I love everything about middle, but. My absolute favorite probably has to go to chorus because village chorus because the, we have two awesome teachers, John and Tina, and it's a place where you can sing and uh, express. Express yourself. Yeah. Um, um, what I love about metal comes, comes down to a simple science. I love um, the congregation here. I love um, the ministers here and the people that work it. And um, I love the fabulous musicians that uh, love the choir, but um, most importantly, what I love about Middle the most is just the, the unconditional, um, unmistakable, powerful, fierce love that it radiates. And I think that, and I feel that every time every Sunday when I come here, so. Enough said. Uh, so for me, just as we are, as we all come through the door, we are welcome here. That's like our thing, right? That's our thing. Um, but I don't want it to be just our thing. Um, and I've never really been much of a dreamer, but what I love about Middle is that it actually over time put a dream in my heart that over our family's lives and over all of our lives that the world outside can look and feel and be a lot more like it looks and feels and is in this place. And Middle put a dream in like a non-dreamer's heart and to me that's what the movement is about and that's what I love the most about Middle. Thank you.
And um, I love the most, what I love the most about middle is the hugs because it gets me from two bars to four bars. And so um, we invite you to join the movement today to uh, take that powerful love from two bars to four bars because it's always available. And um, so in order to do that, you can go to middlechurch.org uh, forward slash donate to join. Um, and we also need your treasures to, uh, and your financial blessings to uh, help rebuild um, and help reclaim and reframe Christianity. Because that's, at the end of the day, if we're about love, that's doing the hard stuff. That's being in a relationship and telling the hard message that, in my opinion, most uh, what, what I learned growing up um, in, in mainline Christianity is the exact opposite of what, um, what, what God I've learned here about God. Um, so please visit, uh, and if you have not made a pledge, we invite you to make a pledge by going to middlechurch.org forward slash rising to make your pledge. And um, if you would like to give, uh, you can, um, there's a QR code on the screen. You can also go to middlechurch.org forward slash donate. And um, thank you very much for letting us invite you to join the movement. And we hope we, uh, we, you come back and that you join us and, you, and we make our four-bar love all that more powerful. Thank you. 
continue to give us the lens of love uh, and some and that lens through which we can direct all of our actions. Thank you for this place and all of your blessings in the world. Amen. Amen.
backlash on Richard Lewis. You know what? I'll tell you something else. If the world had more people like John Jenka, there would be no more racial prejudice. <laughs> That's where he ended. Midrash on Paul. To love one another fulfills the law, makes us righteous, makes us just. Midrash on Jesus. Love God with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself. Midrash on Jacqueline Lewis. Love is everything we need. And it's all we need to heal the world. So revolutionary lovers, go in the world not afraid of love, seizing love, squeezing all of the love you can out of your relationships with candor, with truth telling, not being afraid to ask for what you need to love yourself in those dynamics, and expect love to meet you where you are. That's our job. That's our calling. Amen. Thanks for listening, friends. To learn more about Middle Church, visit middlechurch.org. You can help grow this movement of love and justice by rating us on Apple or Spotify and by sharing this episode with a friend or two. Send us an email at info if you have any questions or comments. We hope you'll come back next week. Bye for now.